are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts. We got to recap that interesting game to the San Antonio Spurs, a loss for your New Orleans Pelicans, where they just looked... I don't have the the word, and maybe it'll come to me. Something off. We'll talk about that in this team as a whole and then preview tonight's game against the Clippers. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So Saturday night in the Smoothie King Center, the Pelicans in another must-win game after the Orlando Magic game was must-win before. And basically, anytime you play a team at or around 500 is must-win basketball. And the Spurs were right at that mark, right at 500. This was a must-win game for New Orleans, partially because they're chasing the San Antonio Spurs in the standings. And so this is an important game. And by the way, if you looked at the prices for tickets... They were all weird for a San Antonio Spurs game with no real star players on that roster. The tickets were like $150 in the upper bowl. I don't know what was going on there. Just kind of a weird aside on this sort of thing. Maybe it's just that it was warm out. People wanted to go do something fun. So tickets were selling. I don't know. It wasn't like it was overly loud in the Smoothie King Center, but certainly it had a good good attendance for what we've seen so far this year. Anyway, as an aside, so you're chasing the San Antonio Spurs who currently sit in the ninth spot and the Pelicans were four games back in the loss column going into this one. You win this game, you claw one full game back with a handful of games to go. That is a pretty important thing for New Orleans. So this was essentially a must-win game for the Pelicans, who have at this at that point uh, 13 games left and a top 10 strength of schedule remaining. You don't get a ton of teams that you can just factor in an easy win against or or a winnable game against. This was one of them. And New Orleans, despite the score being 110-108, I don't think that was all this close. In fact, the Spurs basically led throughout the entirety of this game, basically from wire to wire until the Pelicans got a lead about halfway through the fourth quarter. And at that point, the Pelicans completely, completely fell apart. When have you heard me say this before? Another fourth quarter collapse. This time it was a little bit different. Yes, the offense went cold as they couldn't really try and find a bucket, but it was a lot of mental and I really don't know what kind of mistakes they made. How did it kind of quantify them and describe them? It was giving up offensive rebounds that were right in front of their faces. Zion missed one that basically like bounced off his face. The Spurs got it back. They got an easy two points. Steven Adams with a lane violation, double lane violation that led to a jump ball that the Pelicans won. You know, uh, you still made a mistake there. You had him missing a couple of defensive boards that they really needed to that turned into second chance points for the San Antonio Spurs in a game that was winnable for New Orleans. They ended up not getting it because of things like this really stupid mental mistakes and just grab the rebound that's right there. There's there's no real excuse for some of this stuff. And when you look at this team, they were just 
off, off, I think all night long, it really felt like things that you, you shouldn't really struggle with, you know, they shot 53.1% from the free throw line. They were 17 of 32 in a game that you lost by two points. You know, there were a couple of times where the Pelicans, there was a foul call uh, against Zion. They called him a charge. Stan Van Gundy challenged it, rightfully so. The refs looked at it. They overturned it. They called it a blocking foul and sent Zion Williamson to the line for two free throws that he promptly missed. Basically wasting that challenge other than kind of saving him the foul, I guess. But he finished on the night with just three. You know, if you want those free throws and you challenge for that, you you got to make those. And they didn't. It was essentially a wasted challenge by New Orleans in an empty possession. In this game, they turned the ball over a lot, particularly in the first half. They had 19 turnovers on the night. They just made it easy for San Antonio. This is one of those things where you don't point to one specific play where they lost it, but it's the kind of the culmination of all these little things. And if you change even 25% of some of those mistakes, the Pelicans could win this one running away and are still really in contention for that 10th spot. Now, as it stands, they're four games behind Golden State in the loss column. Now, you have three games to go against that team, but given what we've seen, you feel in particularly great about them matching up with the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry? No, I'm not sure that I am. And so this was just kind of the Pelicans' own fault for this one. They played well enough to win this game. They had a strong third quarter against the San Antonio Spurs. But they didn't get a ton from the bench. They got big performances from their three main guys in Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, but you didn't get much of anything from Eric Bledsoe. Steven Adams was making mistakes at the end, and he's never really been the problem, nor has he been the answer, and I maintain that all year long. He was a problem in this one, but it's not like Jackson Hayes was doing a whole lot better. So when you say, well, then they should be playing the young guys over the big guys, they don't have a good answer for that either. Two of seven for six points was Jackson Hayes on the night. Four rebounds. He wasn't particularly great. Now, Steven Adams was two of three for four total points with four rebounds, one assist, and three steals. But he also had three turnovers in this one. It wasn't just, I don't know. New Orleans looked off all night. And this gets into something I want to talk about coming up here in the next segment about what this team overall looks like. And we'll get into that coming up. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed.com. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet the must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You don't want open job positions. You want people in there giving you productive time. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. And according to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more high than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, you're going to think you're eating a candy bar, and they've got the coconut brownie chunk bar out there right now. You're not even going to realize it's a protein bar that it's healthy for you. It just tastes like a brownie with delicious stuff all on top of it. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, soft, it's easy to chew as all of their bars are. And Built Bar is great for the health conscious person who's looking to lose or maintain weight because these bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. I just reordered. I ordered the coconut brownie chunk. I ordered the mint chocolate or the mint brownie and then the double chocolate as well because those are some of my favorite flavors right now. Some of these bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories so you're not wasting all that time you did uh, on the elliptical on the treadmill or any of your cardio that's great you don't want to waste all that time because you ate a protein bar that's supposed to help you when you're working out as well and have it do the opposite so give built bar a try go to builtbar.com use promo code lock 15 you're going to get 15 percent off your next order again that is promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off over at builtbar.com this year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch the three live day show uh, coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th through May 1st. All right, continuing to talk about the Pelicans 110-108 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. And again, this was a game the Pelicans could have won. Like, I, I don't have like a specific thing to kind of break it down to. There's some things that kind of jump out at you with this one. And points in the paint is also on the Pelicans. Had the same amount of points in the paint as the San Antonio Spurs, 48-48. to 48. Spurs aren't a team that really scores inside an absolute ton. Yes, Jakob Pertl put a little bit of work to a degree on... Steven Adams now worked him in other ways, but Pirtle still only had eight points on the night, right? Like this is a team that shoots a lot of mid-range jumpers. They don't pound the rock inside and they still managed to keep up with the Pelicans and points in the paint. The different coverages that stand, uh, that Greg Popovich threw at the Stan Van Gundy squad here in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram threw them off at times. And even then those guys were still able to score and convert against it, but not really be themselves as much while they managed to keep this game close. And it's a sign they can adapt to some degree. They still should have been able to win this one by a lot. And the 19 turnovers do tell a story. Zion, by the way, 33 points, 14 rebounds, 13 of 23 shooting. That is above 50%, 57% from the field. He had just two turnovers, two assists. Good night from him. Brandon Ingram, 9 of 21, just 1 of 5 from deep, though. 5 of 6 from the free throw line. 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 turnovers, 24 points. It's not a bad night for him. Lonzo Ball, 6 of 10 from deep. That's excellent. 24 points, four assists, two steals, two rebounds, but four turnovers. They had those guys give you 80-something points. You should have the rest of your team carry you the rest of the way, but just 17 points off the bench. And it highlights a lot of things, right? Like this team is one style, and when they get thrown through a loop offensively at times with good defense, things kind of fall apart, and they go through stretches where there's just nothing there. Part of that is lack of shooting, right? Eric Bledsoe, 0 for 2 from 3. There's just not a ton of credible threats here for New Orleans. They made nine total threes. That's it. You're not going to win very many games when that's all of the threes that you're making anymore in the NBA. And you saw it down the stretch when the spacing was bad and the Spurs are able to key in on the main Pelicans and no one else is capable of beating the San Antonio Spurs. So it's kind of self-inflicted and just very disappointing to see. And it highlights flaws with this team mentally. It highlights flaws with the roster too. And it, it kind of just creates a feeling that that I've had all year when you watch this team that it's just not 
a team. They have moments when they're on the same page. When you see some of these alley-oops and some of the dunks and some of the highlight things that they are capable of doing. But overall, they just don't feel like a team. And it's felt like something is missing all year, right? Like, come on, this is a must-win game. And you're going to go 17 of 32 from the free throw line. You have to be better than that. You just have to be better than that. I don't know another way to put it. And they weren't. It's like they weren't mentally ready for this game. They weren't up for this game. They weren't there for this game when it's a must win with more or less your season on the line. And it's hard to root for a team that doesn't show up like that. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. And they've kind of felt like this all year long. You know, the past couple, this season, last season, you've seen them kind of act mentally checked out at times. And you never really saw that a ton before. You certainly didn't see that under Monty Williams. I don't think you really saw that at the beginning of the Alvin Gentry tenure either. So to see that is horribly disappointing. And as a fan, it makes you not like this team. And I've said this is a fairly unlikable Pelican squad to me. And I've talked myself into liking some real bad basketball teams here in New Orleans before. But not really this one. And that's a shame because they have Zion Williamson. You should love this team because he's such a special player. He scored his 2,000th point in this one. That's the 10th fastest in NBA history. By far the fastest in New Orleans basketball franchise history. And this team is just like middling. And don't give me the Vegas projections. I had them on the outside looking in or as like the 10th spot in the play-in tournament, right? Like all year long I've been saying that even before the year started. But at the same point, it's the turnovers, the free throws, the lack of defense. You know, it's one thing just to be not as good as the opponent getting outworked. But the Pelicans are outworking themselves. And they're not even working themselves at times. And that's what's so unlikable about them. That's what's so frustrating about this. Right, We didn't come in thinking, oh, they're going to have a problem with turnovers. They're going to have a problem with effort. They're not even going to care on the defensive end at times. And that's what we've seen a lot from them. And it was really disappointing. There were so many defensive miscues in this game, both from Zion and both from MBI, which is bad defense that could have saved you a bucket here and there. And in a two-point game, that could have made the difference. That could have been what won the game for them if they were just a little bit better on that side of the ball. And they haven't been. All year long, right? Like, Brandon Ingram hasn't improved on the defensive side of the ball. Zion has shown a moment or two here or there, but nothing consistent, and his bad defense was really on display in this one. It's tough to root for that team, I think, because those are the things they're going to need to do if they want to start winning, I think, next year. You're going to need to get some of this stuff right, and there's no evidence to suggest that they will. And so they've been very frustrating to watch, and I think a lot of people are just ready to limp towards the finish line here and maybe start looking at the draft. But it depends, because the Pelicans might put themselves in an awful situation when it comes to their draft pick. And that's something that is going to be a concern as well. Right now, they're in the 10th spot. You know, to get to seven, you're two, three games back of of Sacramento for that. But you're trending in kind of this weird middle ground. Over the last 10, they're four and six. Sacramento is two and eight in their last seven. Cleveland at six, three and seven. Oklahoma City has lost 13 straight. Orlando is one and nine in their last seven. The Pelicans, in the mean hand, are playing like 500 ball. They might stay stuck at like 10 or 11 in this. That's not a great position to be in when... You're staring kind of the top part of the draft lottery in the face, and it's not like you're doing anything that makes us think that you're going to do much or even get into the play-in tournament. But also, I don't really think it's a realistic option for them to necessarily go and tank. But at a certain point, they are running out of time for this 10th spot, and with 13 games left to go, they're really kind of hitting that point. So it's been a disappointing year, despite what the Vegas projections were going to be for this team, I think.
So before we look to tonight's game against the Los Angeles Clippers, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Over at betonline.ag, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So since the Pelicans play on Wednesday, we're doing a live chat on the Locker Room app tomorrow, Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central. I'll tweet everything out, of course. So make sure you're there. It's been a lot of fun to be able to talk to everyone. There was really good discussion last week. I played a lot of the clips for you guys, too. So if you want to get on the show, join me on the Locker Room app. Download it on the iOS store. You can follow me on there. It's at Nola Jake. Join the NBA group. You'll see it when my room goes live. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. So it's a game day here for your Pelicans as they take on the Los Angeles Clippers in the Smoothie King Center, one of five home games remaining for New Orleans, and this one's going to be tough. The Clippers have been surging since the trade, uh, since the All-Star break. They're 19-5 and during that time, third best record in the Western Conference. They're 43-19 and this season. They have the best offense in the league. They have the 11th best defense. They have a guy in Kawhi Leonard who's not playing in this one. I believe Luke Kennard is going to be out as well. Rondo is questionable for this game. Serge Ibaka, I'm not sure on. And Beverly is going to be out. But the Clippers have Paul George, who has been on a freaking tear recently for that team. It's, it's That's this game. If you limit him somewhat, you might be able to slow them down to a degree. To a degree. I think, but over his last eight games, he's averaging 33 points per game, eight rebounds and five assists along with a steal and a half. Oh, and he's making four threes per game on 45% shooting. He's been on a freaking tear. He looks like an MVP candidate over these past eight games. Uh, Who's going to guard him? Like, like, isn't that what this game kind of is? Like, who's going to guard Paul George? and force other guys to beat you. And other guys can beat you, don't get me wrong. You know, Marcus Morris can come in and score. Nick Batum's had a bit of a resurgence to his career. But really, it's going to come down to Paul George and what he's capable of doing against this Pelican squad. I don't feel particularly great because I don't know who's supposed to guard him. The Clippers are number one in three-point percentage in the NBA this season, shooting 42% as a team. You've got to guard that three-point line. Like You've got to try and run them off on there and can't let them just bomb away from deep they take uh, a good bit of threes not the most in the league but they're making them at a very very high rate and they're going to be able to score against you because of that they don't turn the ball over they are a pretty decent offensive rebounding team just offensively they do basically everything but draw fouls defensively though they aren't good at forcing turnovers so new orleans can't do what they did against the spurs where they're just shooting themselves in the foot with some of these bad bad turnovers that do not need to happen whatsoever it's kind of the game right like paul george and just play smart basketball and you have at least a chance i think in this one if you don't get burned too badly from three but i don't know if i have faith in this team to do that right now and i'm going to be very curious to see what happens in this and how did the pelicans respond a good or bad way from that very disappointing game against the Spurs. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.